Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast, uh, week nine. Today is November the 3rd. I am your host. You know who I am. It is the Commissioner Zurich, and it uh, looks like this is going to be more of a formality-type podcast from here on out, because I think I'm I think I'm think checking out after this point. I don't really think I've got a lot to be fighting for this season, but there were quite a few upsets in the league yesterday, so we can cover those and then move on to what's next. Uh, Mick is back in first place. We've got Brett in second. We've got Ryan in third place. Peel moves all the way up to fourth place with a win yesterday. Galus's gents move into fifth with a win. And then uh, tied for that Covenant sixth place spot would be Jake, Zurich, Andy, and Jeff. And the Vampire, who also takes out a win this weekend, Jeff, has not yet declared a trade target or a bite, rather. Uh, We would expect to hear that today on the podcast, as they are going to be guests a little bit later. So let's do our quick recap, our obligatory recap for the week, uh, starting with probably that matchup that, uh, if you guys didn't notice, Blood Brothers put up the second amount of uh, points this week in terms of most scored. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Ayuk was a really good pickup this week, and the 49ers offense that is missing a lot. Um, let's, let's go over this. Actually, you know what, before we jump into the matchups, I think it's important to go over, uh, some, some pretty notable new injuries that lined up this week. Calvin Ridley on Thursday night, uh, he hurt his ankle and missed a large portion of the game. Tests were all negative and there's some optimism that he can return next week. So, uh, I know he's on Ryan's team. I would just monitor reports throughout the week. Even if he doesn't play, uh, it doesn't appear like it's going to be a really lengthy absence. So who does that impact? Julio Jones is absolutely up in the up in the market here, so you would expect Galas to get a bump from Julio impact. Uh, we know Matt Ryan also would be a benefactor of that if Andy's going to hang on to Matt Ryan. Um, for some reason, Julio and Matt Ryan like are linked together when Julio plays well. Matt Ryan obviously plays really well, so... Um, I think the bigger one here to benefit would be Julio than Matt Ryan, obviously, because Matt Ryan could put up 14 points, but Julio could put up, you know, 30 for all we know. Um, then the next biggest one is Kenny Galladay. Um, he missed the first two weeks. So these are both Ryan's uh, wide receivers here. So this is a really bad week for Ryan for injuries and a couple other people, actually. Um, but after he missed the first two weeks of the season with, like, that hamstring injury, um, he's been mostly healthy. He hasn't really been like a, a a big player this year. Uh, he's had a couple of good weeks, but mostly just quiet weeks. Um, this hit, hip injury looks like they're going to be cautious with him, which means he'll miss a little bit of time. Uh, if he can't go, Marvin Jones is going to be a really good pickup for a couple of weeks. I wouldn't even just imagine just one or two. Um, Marvin Jones will be like right into that WR1 territory. And then, of course, getting a bump here is... Uh, TJ Hawkerson and I would I would expect Matt Ryan to get a decrease. Um, so if anyone's streaming quarterbacks, I'm not sure Matt Ryan is going to be a notable one. Um, Tevin Coleman, this is this is a weird one. It was a short-lived return to action after missing over a month with a knee injury, uh, who suffered yet another knee injury. And I, I don't really care how serious it is. Like Jerick McKinnon looks fine, and Jamichael Hasty and Raheem Mostert will be back in a couple of weeks, so you can just drop Coleman at this point. I don't think there's any fantasy impact here. Um, the next probably most noticeable on the list here, outside of those wide receivers, would be George Kittle. 
Um, it looks like he did have a small foot fracture and probably is going to miss extended time. I would not expect it to be a short-lived. I would imagine that a, a small fracture of that caliber, especially at a foot for a wide receiver as big as he is, to, to probably be a minimum of four weeks. So um, just right outside the playoffs here. Uh, being that he's on my team... Uh, if somebody is looking to make a playoff push, I will accept offers and I will gladly accept two for one offers in this case. If you're looking to make a uh, playoff push and you do want to have a top two uh, tight end, assuming that he is back and you're going to have to take a little bit of risk there. Um, but I also know that you're taking risk and I will definitely consider serious offers and not bullshit offers like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, some, terrible third-rate wide receiver for Dallas for, I don't know, Tyreek Hill. That just seems irresponsible of a trade. Um, a few injury updates here. We've got Devonta Freeman. Um, they played Monday night, and you would have thought that the backfield would have been his, but he was ruled out due to an ankle injury, and Wayne Gallman took the rest of the show. Uh, Deion Lewis actually had a touchdown in the last night's game. Uh, tonight, last night was the first game I didn't watch in over five years. So I have not been feeling well the past couple of days, and uh, I just missed a game. And I woke up at about 10.30 at night, and I just watched the highlights, and I was surprised at the score. I actually thought, like, when I saw 25-23 that it was going to be this sort of weird shootout game, but it didn't end up being the case. It was just one of those, like, oh, Tampa has it, and uh, the Giants have to kind of bounce back. Debo Samuel, um, he's probably going to be out for another one to two weeks, so you could you can hold on to him. Uh, with Devonta Freeman, you, you're in like a hold drop situation. He might be out one to two weeks, but he really hasn't been inspiring this season. And I think Wayne Gallman's a little bit better than Devonta Freeman. He knows that offense better, and I think that holds up for him. Um, Chris Carson should be back next week, so you can put him right back in your starting lineup. Kenya Drake, it's likely that he's going to miss two to four weeks. So what does this mean? Uh, obviously, Chase Edmonds is going to have that primary back role. I would do one of two things. You either hold him at this point. If you've held him on, or if you've held on to him until week nine, probably makes sense that you're going to hold on to him at this point, Jeff. But if you think you can get anything of value, or if you're trying to salvage your season to maybe make it uh, a big push, now's the time to get rid of Kenyon Drake and see what you can get for him. Uh, I'd be interested to see... If anyone in the league is actually interested in dealing for Kenyon Drake at this point, knowing that he's been pretty mediocre throughout the year and now with the injury, two to four weeks is not a great timeline to return uh, for a playoff push on a guy you're not sure is really going to make much of an impact. Uh, Austin Eckler, right? So he's been out a couple of weeks. His hamstring injury was really serious. He got jackknifed, and it looks like he's not even close to returning. The Chargers just keep losing, and they're not – gonna try to make him come back uh troy main pope appeared to jump josh kelly in the pecking order but he got hurt too so justin jackson's gonna be the primary back in uh the chargers backfield and like it gets a little bit less muddied now that you know you've got another injury from joshua kelly so justin jackson seems like he could be the guy with pope but pope played better so i still don't really want much to do with this backfield um Similar to like Austin Eckler, it doesn't look like Nick Chubb's coming back anytime soon. He's still looking at like two to three weeks. So Kareem Hunt's an absolute remain uh, hold. You don't try and trade him unless you think you're going to get value out of that trade where you need to or like a two-for-one deal with like a wide receiver two and a low-end uh, RB1 or reverse on that if you think 
that's the case, but having uh, just lost the vampire, we're, we're going to find out relatively shortly here whether or not that's the the, the bite this week. So uh, Christian McCaffrey looks like he should come back this week with the Panthers coming off an extended rest due to that Thursday night game. You just think that he is going to come back from that high ankle sprain. And then the good news is, is that the team gave him more time to recover than most teams would do with a high ankle sprain. Bad news is it's still a high ankle sprain, which you're not going to know like 100% whether or not it's going to impact his play right off. So obviously it's CMC. Like you put him back in your lineup and you you roll that dice. There's there's no way you don't do that. Uh, and I know that's a vampire thing, so I hate giving that honest advice. But at this point, like I said, my week is really up in the air. If I lose this week, it's like I'm checking out. Uh, Joe Mixon, right? So he heard his, he heard his uh, foot dancing. Um, he's expected to be back in week 10, but he may not be. Like you hang on to him. I would I would actually almost recommend trading him if you think you can get the full value of Mixon, um, but I don't know what you're going to get at this point because running the running back position is so scarce. Um, you know, it's the same thing with like Miles Sanders, who's also expected to return Week Ten. Uh, Boston Scott's going to lose that job. Miles Sanders is going to come back in. Miles Sanders has been relatively good while he has been in. Uh, injuries have dogged him uh, for about half of his season. Um, I would tell you Mark Ingram as a drop at this point if he's even. On anyone's team, I think last I saw he was in Galus's bench. Um, but I think he's a drop at this point because he's not going to be back for at least two to four weeks. And J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards actually both look good. I think Gus Edwards got hurt during the game towards the end, but I think it's more of like a you know rib injury. I, I actually have no idea what it is, but I, I, I don't think it was serious from what I've initially heard. Um, and then Andy Dalton looks like he should be back this week too if anyone's Looking to stream quarterbacks, Andy Dalton's back. Um, but I would not try to do that. I think there's going to be some better options coming up this week. So, all right, let's dive into the recap of the week. We have Hans Molman and Blood Brothers. Uh, Blood Brothers 130 and 102. Really sizable points here. Aaron Rodgers puts up 22. Um, Alvin Kamara doing Alvin Kamara things, putting up 25. He had 96 yards on nine catches and 67 rush yards. Um, that's a very Alvin Kamara day. TJ Hawkerson, it goes seven for 65. And again, he's going to get a bump now that Galladay is going to be missing some time. DJ Dallas, great pickup. Uh, the one confusing thing here is Seattle. <laughs> so I, I know last week on the, on the, on the podcast, I gave advice to pick up Carlos Hyde. And then I think like a day or two later, it was questionable that he was going to be, he had a hamstring injury and he may not get the job. And then uh, Chris Carson is questionable to play. And it was the same thing that I said, like, I can't recommend it because they did this a couple of weeks ago. Sure enough, Sunday rolls around and it's the same freaking thing where Carlos Hyde isn't ready to go, except the only difference is Chris Carson's also not good to go, leaving the job solely in DJ Dallas's game who did really well. He had one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. He only uh, caught, you know, that one pass for five yards for the touchdown, but he went 18 for 41 on the ground. It was like a terrible day. He was he was so rookie performance, which is exactly what he is. He's a rookie, right? 18 for 41, but the two touchdowns accounts for 12 of his 22 points. So he really just has a 10-point day. The bonus, the icing on the cake is 22, and you're not going to complain about that. Um, so my, my grand debate, I also want to kind of point this out too, because I really think this is hurting a lot of teams more than it's helping it. I think you guys will start to agree as we pull up votes for next year, but it's not going to be midseason. Is that we got to get rid of kickers because kickers can be really tumultuous in their play style. Like Blankenship puts up three points, and then Badgley for Jeff's team puts up 15. 
So, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's fantasy. It's the one position you do no research on. You just grab a guy that you think is going to be okay, right? They all kick field goals. It's just like, what team are they on? Are they in a dome or are they not? Okay, great. Get me that guy. Patrick Holmes puts up 36 points for Jeff. Uh, obviously not enough. The rest of his team, he he just, I mean, his kicker now had more points than everyone else except for Patrick Holmes. So that should really tell you why Jeff lost with 102 score to that 130. So it'll be interesting to see what the Blood Brothers decide to pull off of that team. Uh, Jeff is now on a five-game losing streak. We've got our next matchup, which was Pontiac Bandits versus Peel. Obviously, this is the biggest margin of defeat in the league, I think maybe ever. It's over a 100-point differential between the two. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I do want to point out, he's great, right? I'm not going to downplay Lamar Jackson, but he's having a very okay season for what you would expect for what you paid for for Lamar Jackson. Um you got to remember, Lamar Jackson was drafted for $32, and he is averaging about 20 points a game. It, it's it's a little bit more than that. It's like 22 points a game. It's not bad, obviously, for a quarterback that's great in general, but for $32, uh, you could have Russell Wilson for much less than that. Um, you could have had uh, uh, other people off the waiver wire. There are just some other options that would have been better. So uh, he's just not playing at that same caliber. Aside from that, Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf. I mean, that's the whole team right there, right? Counts for a vast majority of points. Metcalf goes off for 40. Adams goes off for 30. And it looks like a quiet day with three touchdowns, seven for 53. And then Dalvin Cook just explodes for 163 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and then 63 in the air too. The guy is insane. Giovanard has been a great pickup for Peel since mixing us out. There's that classic handcuff. Gasecki is a bad play this week with 1.8 points, but it didn't matter because Suckup kicks 15 uh, points worth there. And uh, Ryan, that Carson Wentz pickup, I'm sorry, dude. He had four turnovers. At four turnovers. So you're, you're losing out on so many points just on turnovers alone against Dallas, too. And uh, he's just not playing well. But Philadelphia won that game somehow, and I, I don't know how. Uh Calvin Ridley gets injured pretty early in the game. He caught three for 42. Kenny Galladay also got injured very quickly in that game. Puts up no points at all. CEH and then Le'Veon Bell. I know those were your only two plays this week. And you would have thought that one of them would have had a game. But neither one did because Patrick Mahomes had the game. Uh, so that between the two running backs, only 12 points there. Noel Fant has a very good game. He's a great tight end. And I think he's incredibly underrated. So um, definitely... One of the better plays this week, Tyler Lockett not putting up much after that last week. I think he came back down to earth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense was wavered earlier this year, but 18 points from a defense, not enough to carry it through. Peel wins 187-75. to 75. Uh, All right, moving on to our next, our next matchup. Remember, Mick jumps into first place with the win here, and he does do that with 6-2, and two, beats Andy, who's now in eighth place. Uh, I think he moved from ninth to eighth, if I'm remembering correctly. So, not a big jump for for Andy there. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, right? That Thursday night game. I didn't watch too much of it, um, but I will say <laughs> when I turned it on, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt the very same play that I turned it on, and then he just didn't look the same after. They got a nasty hit later there. Uh, Jarvis Landry puts up nine points. Robinson with 20. And then uh, we'll just kind of jump to Kelsey here, who puts up 25 points. Best tight end in the league. Highest octane offense. Yeah, you, have, you absolutely want everything to do with him. Um, Indianapolis has five sacks, one touchdown, and an interception. Puts up 15. Matt Ryan putting up 18 points. That's that's pretty average for Matt Ryan these days, but his projection was right around that, so he did what you wanted him to do. Mike Evans gets a touchdown on Monday Night Football. Uh, he is the most targeted wide receiver for tight ends. So um, 
one of your better plays is going to be Mike Evans for floor plays. Thielen with a very quiet day, just three for 27. Uh, and I think this is all Kirk Cousins in the offense, just not needing to do very much yesterday with, or I'm sorry, on Sunday with Dalvin Cook just putting on a show. Derrick Henry, as we discussed, pretty much basically his floor is 15 points, and he puts up 17, 18 for 112 on the ground in a touchdown. Uh, the guy's had a touchdown in every game since week three. So you like to see that. Yanu Smith doesn't do much. Keenan Allen has a great day, 21 points. Uh, Will Lutz with 14. Guy kicks inside a dome most of the time, but not in Chicago. Still just absolutely nails it. Um, and then the Tampa Bay defense, which is a really good defense. They they uh, they didn't look fantastic on Monday Night Football, but they certainly didn't look bad. So um, Andy loses very thinly, 118 to 112 here. Mick takes that. And like I said, once again, Mick is in first place. I'd be stroking, which is Brett, and then... Uh, and then Jake here. Jake gets the victory here, which is what knocks Brett out of that first place spot. Um, right now, it looks like there's uh, a lot of carry from Russell Wilson, who is arguably the MVP on the year. He's just having himself another great year. And this year, it doesn't look like he's being overshadowed by anyone. So good to to Russ for finally getting his recognition. Corey Davis puts up 26 points. I can't stand this. Like, I just I have to talk about Corey Davis for a second because there's been... Three years where Corey Davis has been like, oh, yeah, this is his year. He'll do great. Oh, and then it just doesn't happen. And then I will say, like, for some reason, even when Ryan Tannehill was in last year, Corey Davis was still kind of, like, up and down a lot. But this year, he hasn't put up anything less than uh, 12 points. And that's really great from Corey Davis. So he's he's ranked 194th overall in the league. Uh, but you got to remember, he missed two weeks due to injury, and he had a week four bye already. So... Um, I like Corey Davis. He got 10 targets and then 10 targets again this past week. So he's seeing volume. He's doing something with it. He's getting the yardage and he's scoring touchdowns. So good for Corey Davis. This is a great pickup by Jake. Uh, Todd Gurley, he really didn't look good, but you hate to doubt Todd Gurley because he still gets touchdowns. He went 18 for 46 in a touchdown, only puts up 10 fantasy points. Um, the concerning thing is, is that Brian Hill also looked pretty good yesterday. He actually looked a little bit better than Gurley. I don't think Atlanta does anything with that. I think they still roll with Gurley moving forward. But, um, yeah, I think that, that, uh, Todd Gurley is going to be a safe play. Mark Andrews now has two weeks back to back where he has not been inside the top 10 tight ends. And, uh, you know, if we look at his points, he really is like complete boom or complete bust. He has to get touchdowns, as most tight ends do, so this is not a knock on the fact that he's touchdown dependent. But he doesn't see more than just, on average, five targets a game, which for tight end territory is okay. I mean, that's like middle of the pack in terms of what you want to see. Um, but when he does do stuff with it, he has big games. When he doesn't, he does not. Mark Andrews is tied to a good offense that spreads the ball around a lot, and I think that he should have better days ahead. Um, this was also a game against Pittsburgh, so you can't really blame too much on Mark Andrews here. He gets a lot easier matchups these next coming weeks with the Colts and then New England and then Tennessee. So uh, hang on to Mark Andrews. Don't do anything with him. Uh, then you got Chase Claypool, who puts up 13. He's got a touchdown, 5 for 42. Um, and that's enough to get Jake the win here. I mean, Brett even had Philadelphia's defense with 20 points. He doesn't get it. Justin Herbert looks good. Um, and that's a great play for the bye for Deshaun Watson who is coming out of that bye, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see next week what Brett does with the quarterback position. A lot of quiet days 
Robbie Anderson, less than 10. A.J. Brown, 12 points. Zeke with 8. Uh, Zeke's got to be one of the biggest busts of the year, unfortunately. It's not his fault. It's Dallas. Their offensive line so banged up. Uh, Mike Davis, this was your last week with him. And kind of good riddance at this point because he's had really just three blah performances after putting up four pretty good performances. Um, he hasn't had a good week since October 11th against Atlanta. And then... Uh, I mean, look at the defenses he's faced since then. New Orleans, who's not terrible against the run. He went 7 for 12 that game in Chicago. And then uh, Atlanta, who you thought he could kind of run over, but he did not. Um, Darren Waller, quiet day. Josh Jacobs, quiet day. Uh, Yeah, and that's what serves up the loss. But it's only an eight-point differential here. So it wasn't like a a huge loss of a day. 116 to 108. It is kind of worth noting that I think only two teams beat their projections this week, and I think that that was Peel and Blood Brothers. So, every, oh, and, and Galus's Gents also beat their prediction, which is a nice matchup we'll move into. Uh, beats me 123 to 112. Um, what's crummy about this game? Well, we've got Jonathan Taylor, who apparently, without saying anything, uh, <laughs> got taken out of the game at one point for an apparent ankle injury. So that's, you love to hear that. He just ran for 22 yards and caught two for nine. And then uh, Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines had good days accordingly. Um, George Kittle also, as we know, fracture in his foot, small fracture in his foot. So it looks like the recovery time won't be too long. But I don't think they're going to rush Kittle back because the offense there has so many guys recovering. And I just don't know what they're going to try and do with the rest of the season. They're just going to kind of wave the white flag but pretend not to or what they're going to do. Um, Tannehill goes for 18 points, right? What he expected to see. Thought he was going to have a much bigger day facing Cincinnati, whose defense has just been crushed, but he throws for 233, two passing touchdowns, and then they actually rushed on the ground for 20 yards. Tyler Boyd, love it, 20 points. Uh, Tiger Kill has two touchdowns in a, a basically a 100-yard game off four catches. Uh, I'd like to see more catches out of him, but it's not going to happen. Already covered Jonathan Taylor. Boston Scott has bleh of a day. Uh, Travis Fulgram uh, was uh, Fulgham was a good play. And then, uh, yeah, moving on to uh, Galas' team. Josh Allen has now been quiet in his past three weeks. So I am a little concerned about Josh Allen's productivity. They're going up against Seattle, so you obviously play him. And then against Arizona, you obviously play him there too. Coming out of the bye, though, the Chargers, the 49ers, and Pittsburgh. So there's going to be three weeks there. Right at the playoff spot where you question whether or not Josh Allen's going to get your attention or if you move to the waiver wires for a quarterback. Stefan Diggs tied Josh Allen 92 for six catches. Um, Julio Jones, 20 points. Right about what you thought. It looked like he got 12 points in the first half or 13 points in the first quarter, sorry. Uh, You thought he was going to have a much bigger day, but he didn't. And especially with Ridley out, it just didn't work out that way. They won 25 to 17, by the way. So it's weird that points didn't go to him more. Melvin Gordon has an okay day. He uh, This was a revenge game where he didn't do too much with. Uh, Damian Harris, who was a trade target from the Vampire, puts up 16 points. So, yeah, thanks for that, guys. T. Higgins, 14 points. Uh, good waiver pickup. I, I know I recommended it last week. I think T. Higgins is a great hold for the rest of the year, too. Um, he's become the number two in that offense as far as targets are. It goes Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, A.J. Green. Um, and I wouldn't worry too much about the usage from here on out. I think he can get you about 14 points every week. Um, yeah, and that's going to do it for week eight. Let's jump into the week nine matchup here and take a look. So let me just point out here that 
strategy-wise, this is what I was accounting on with with trades and everything. No secrets here on my end. I'm facing Blood Brothers Week 9. And uh, the whole point here was to get Dallas Goddard off IR, hold him in my IR spot because he's got a buy in Week 9. Kittle will play. And if I lose, my assumption was they're going to take Kittle because why wouldn't you take the league's best tight end? Well, okay, in Week 8, obviously foot fracture, so that's no longer going to be a bite target, or maybe it will be. I don't know what news we're going to hear this week, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was mitigating a potential loss there by grabbing Dallas Goddard and putting him in my IR spot, but it looks like that's not really going to be the case anymore. So um, I do need a tight end. If anybody does want to make a two-for-one trade offer or a straight-up offer, I am all ears for it. I think I said that at the top of the cast, but dead serious about that. No pun intended while facing the vampire. But I do need to get a tight end. And if you're rostering two tight ends, this might be your time to pounce on it. Um, real quickly, before I jump in, I do want to just... We know the biggest blowout of the week. 112-point differential for Peel. Peel almost had a gap. Actually, Peel did have a gap of putting up more points than some people scored. He almost had more points than me. He lost it by .42. So he would have beat me twice, basically. He beat Brett. He beat... Uh, uh, Ryan, obviously, and then his his differential beat Ryan, uh, and then Jeff he beat by point five or yeah Jeff beat him by point five four but uh and you know for whatever that accounts he beat and Andy would have beaten him by point seven four it's just crazy to see a point margin differential that would have beat most teams you don't see that very often so it's worth pointing out uh, congratulations Peel he's already been paid you know for a guy that's MIA most of the time. It's amazing to me that he's up so early in the morning that he could put in his $10 request. So uh, he has already been paid. Congrats to that. Um, all right, so coming up this week, it's Blood Brothers and Jackie Daytona. Ivy Stroken against Galus's Gents. Camper Dude and This Is The Year. Pontiac Bandits and Wakanda Forever. Hans Molman and Peel. Um, we'll start with probably the matchup of the week, which is actually for the first time going to be my matchup of the week. And for the third time, it's Blood Brothers. Um Interestingly enough, what I'm seeing here is that Christian McCaffrey is still listed to get zero points, according to Yahoo. And it's it's listed that uh, um, if you're looking at ECR points instead of Yahoo, right now, just because I don't have a tight end in play, that he'll win 129 to 114. Now, I don't think I'm going to be able to pick up a tight end that's going to put 15 points up against expert consensus rankings. So am I concerned? Yeah, absolutely. I actually think he has the better team this week. Chase Edmonds, Alvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, that's just not something that I think any of you guys are going to play. And Brandon Ayuk might be a good play. It's Thursday Night Football uh, against Green Bay, and then Darius Slayton against Washington are the wide receiver plays. Uh, I am timid about the matchup this week. And I think, uh, I think you know, with probably Aaron Rodgers in the mix – on Thursday night football, this will get even scary because right now they've got Cam Newton against the Jets. So, well, when we talk to them, we'll see if that's where they're actually going to play. Um, Ryan Tannehill is going up against Chicago. I'm worried about that. Tyreek Hill against Carolina, not worried. Hopkins against Miami, not worried. James Robinson against Houston, definitely not worried. David Johnson against Jacksonville, not worried. Devontae Parker against Arizona, not worried. So I think I'm in a good spot to do some stuff with you know, what the matchups are this week. I mean, like, just for example, right, like Arizona has been pretty okay, average against 
against uh, wide receivers. As a matter of fact, they're literally middle of the pack at 16th against giving up most points to wide receivers. So that is like right there on average and okay playing um, uh, Devontae Parker this week. I think I'm going to bench Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I have to because I don't know what his injury is, but even with just with the way that he's been playing, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to start him rest of the way here. So interesting. Another trade target. If somebody wants to take a chance on him, I'm open to offers on that. Um, but I think Blood Brothers is going to win this week, and partially due to you guys not listening to me, and then uh, partially due to the the injury to Kittle and not being able to fill that in. I'm I'm a little worried how this week is going to go. So we'll see what the tight end fill looks like. Uh, next matchup is going to be Brett and Galus. Um, on this matchup, I think that I'm going to give the edge to Brett. Um, right now, he just needs to fill in in defense and should be okay. Deshaun Watson comes back. You don't know what you're going to do with Herbert. Um, you know, I, I think you are comfortable playing Josh Allen if you're gayless this week. And of course, jo- uh, Stefan Diggs because of that. Um, Julio Jones is my WR4 this week. Uh, my WR6 this week is Stefan Diggs. Uh, on the other side of the ball here, AJ Brown is my WR14 and Michael Thomas, who may play. If he does, he's 10 for me. Tampa Bay's got a really good, um, uh, stop against wide receivers. And then AJ Brown, Plays Chicago, who's been good against wide receivers this year, too. Josh Jacobs goes against the Chargers, who just aren't doing much at all this year against the run. As a matter of fact, they're they're giving up the 10th most to fantasy running backs. And having just streamed that defense this past week, I can tell you for sure that they really don't give a shit what they do against anything. So uh, you play Josh Jacobs with confidence. Darren Waller's tight end number two now. That Kittle is out the rest of the way. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Chris Godwin. I think he's still a ways away from coming back. Um, he is still inactive, but news for him is few and far between. If he doesn't play, you've got Robbie Anderson as options, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, I think I think you're good on that from here on out. So um, give me Brett in this matchup. Uh, next matchup coming up in Week 9 would be Camper Dude, and this is the year. Okay, so right now, what I'm going to tell you is Jamal Williams is out on COVID-19 protocol. Um, there's the contract t- tracing stuff. He's been added to that that list. Green Bay only has two healthy running backs, and it's not Aaron Jones, and it's not Jamal Williams, and it's not their rookie running back either. So I don't want to play any of their running backs, but on that offense, it's not a bad waiver suggestion this week, which we're... We'll cover just briefly waiver suggestions, I guess, here in a little bit. Um, yeah, the rest of the way here, like I said, I think I'm going to be taking Mick in this matchup once he figures out his, his uh, running back position. But I'm um, not going to sleep on Jake this, Jake this week. I think I think he certainly has a chance. Um, DJ Moore and Corey Davis. If Corey Davis keeps playing like he does, he should be fine. But again, he's going against Chicago. DJ Moore is going up against KC, whose defense has been really good this past week. And they're actually really good against wide receivers. So a little concerned about that. Um, Mark Andrews, tight end three against, um, uh, you know, one of the lower defenses in the league. I'm not too worried about that. It's Indianapolis. As far as tight ends are concerned, they're, they're fairly generous, but, um, it doesn't look like it on paper, but I would tell you right now, I'm not worried about Mark Andrews production. They haven't really seen too many tight ends that they would be concerned about. Then we've got, uh, Pontiac Bandits and Wakanda Forever. Really no contest for me here. I'm going to take Pontiac Bandits in this matchup, even with the injuries to uh, Calvin Ridley. I think that he's got enough on the bench here, right? Like you could put in, uh, you know, 
something off the waiver wires and you'll be fine. There's some good pickups this week. We'll go over a few of them. Not sure about Aaron Jones' status. If both those guys don't play, though, I think Andy is going to get the edge in this. So we'll see. I think Aaron Jones probably won't be back. I think they're going to rest him, especially on a short week. You have to make the decision. So uh, just a situation to monitor. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Ryan has a little bit better shot if he can fill in those spots. Um, and then the last match of the week is Hans Molman and Peel. All right, well, Peel's been really hot lately, so I can't pick against him. And Brett's going to have one less person on the team. We don't know who it is yet, so it's just really tough to, like, take Jeff at anything right now, if it's Kareem Hunt or if it's, like, I don't know. Is it is it Terry McLaurin? Like, I don't know what the target's going to be. So um, RB1 is Dalvin Cook going against Detroit. They're literally the worst run defense. Uh, Devontae Adams is going against San Francisco, and he should be just fine Thursday night football. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... What are you going to do? Evan Ingram's getting targets too. Like things are starting to turn around here um, for for Peel. Evan Ingram, if they can figure this out and get Evan Ingram one freaking touchdown this year, he'll actually have like a big day. So imagine if he had a touchdown last night. He had 20 points. He was 10, 10 targets, five catches for 61 yards. And uh, that, that sort of volume doesn't really exist too much for the tight end position. So um, those are the matchups for the week. Let's, uh, let's, quickly cover because i know we're going a little bit longer today uh without getting so far into it who the waiver pickups would be for week nine uh philip Lindsay had a big game is still available on the wire wayne gallman also had an okay game it just proved that he was the top guy naheem hines had a great day um but you know i think the colts are going to roll with the hot hand so i can't in good conscience say that he's a great target if you're looking to stream quarterbacks this week, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the guy. Matt Stafford might be second. And then if you're like desperate or you think that you can do better, Derek Carr, you can't do better. You can definitely do better than Derek Carr. So as far as wide receivers are concerned, Mike Williams gets the best matchup. Marvin Jones would be the second guy. And then Henry Ruggs is still out there. I just don't know what to make of Henry Ruggs. As far as tight ends are concerned, Jimmy Graham, Eric Ebron, and Robert Tanyan. So Jimmy Graham is going to be your biggest red zone threat uh they're going to use him this week for sure eric ebron in pittsburgh i think is actually going to have a really good day uh and then robert tanyan is obviously on a high powered offense as far as defenses are concerned i'm going to give you the ecr on this new england is three houston is five and the cardinals are seven so i can tell you right now that three teams in the league are running with defenses that they're going to need to do something a little bit better with far as the Running backs the rest of the way are concerned. Uh, instead of just this week, Philip Lindsay and Naheem Hines. I think Philip Lindsay is like an absolute must-add, especially uh, with the game he just had. Mike Williams is a fairly moderate add. Uh, Logan Thomas, I think, would be a good tight end streamer. Maybe the rest of the way, depending on what the Washington tight end health looks like. Um, and there's some good kickers out there. Young Way Koo, Mason Crosby, Zane Gonzalez. It's four, five, and six, respectively. Buffalo's defense is still available rest of the season, guys. Like, what's going on with that? Someone grab him. I know I had him at some point, but uh, Chicago's defense is also good the rest of the way. Problem is, we just can't put up points on offense, so you can't really rely on the defense, even if they are playing at a higher caliber. So, uh, All right, so we covered a lot today. We covered matchups, recaps. We covered uh, Week 9 predictions, and we covered uh, some waiver stuff here. So the next segment I want to get into is the one with Sean. Um and Zach here, who are the Blood Brothers, for those of you that don't know. I am scared. This will be a creepy interview. I thought my terrifying stuff would be over after Halloween, but uh, alas, it is not, especially with Kill Out. I am very nervous this week, so um, 
We're going to find out who the bite is this week, and we're also going to just have to discuss a little bit more of my matchup. So uh, I will be a focal point, as long, and so will they this week. Uh, so without further ado, as I say every week, enjoy the segment very nervously spoken about between the Blood Brothers and Jackie Daytona. Which, by the way, I, I have to say this. like At some point, I thought somebody would have figured out what my team name meant. But nobody has said anything. I thought it was hilarious, but I guess it's not. So a lot of you guys must not watch the show What We Do in the Shadows, which is about vampires. And I just thought, and I get you laugh. Maybe I will change my team name from here on out now that the joke has run its course. Uh, all right, moving on. Before I jump into the next segment, actually, I had to jump back and record something because I literally got an update on my phone. I had mentioned something about Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton was just... This is totally breaking news. You'll you'll probably heard about this at this point, but the the Cowboys placed Andy Dalton on the COVID injury nineteen uh, or the COVID IR list uh, today. He's been ruled out for Week Nine against the Steelers. You weren't going to play him anyway. It's, it's Pittsburgh's defense, but it is worth noting that if you're considering any type of QB stream, that Andy Dalton is not even in consideration because he will be out this week. Let's go. Let's let's maybe just dive into a couple of things. I know you wanted to bring up. Uh, we should talk about the first and foremost important thing. So you beat Jeff this week, and it looks like you had a little bit of uh, discussion between who you would take. I mean, what was the discussion that was had between who you would take for Jeff, and then obviously, ultimately, who are you going to end up taking from Jeff this week? Yes. Yeah, so there was actually four people. We considered, I'd say fourth place was Juju Smith-Schuster. It was basically just seeing if Deontay Johnson was going to be hurt longer term than he is. Right. Our our weakest position is wide receiver. Um, tentatively. There. Tentatively, yes, tentatively. Miles <laughs> um, Sanders probably came in third. Um, part of the discussion there was that the Eagles haven't had their bye yet, and he's been nicked up. So right. when you're the vampire, every week kind of counts if you're trying to make the playoffs more than just F things up, which we're trying to do both. Can I Can I guess your number two? Yeah. Kareem Hunt? Uh, no. Oh, interesting. Uh, McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, yeah. McLaurin, he, just because he's more consistent than any of the receivers we had right now, and he's got a pretty favorable four four week stretch coming up. Sure. So he was probably number two. We didn't really talk about Hunt that much because Chubb's supposed to be back after the bye. Yeah, two to three weeks for Chubb to come back, but he's still gonna be a flex play. But I don't know. You guys don't need to really fill that spot, and that Chase Edmonds is kind of gonna do that for you. So I I think it should be obvious at this point who you're gonna take. But why don't you go ahead and bite down? Yeah. Hello, Zach. Well, Hunt wasn't even discussed just because we want quality humans on our team. I think that's most important, right? But I think uh, we decided with the half a billion dollar um, sperm donor in um, Patty Mahomes. So we're uh, we're gonna go. What's your what's your beef with Hunt? Quarterback because we need the fact that he punched no, somebody kidding. last year. We just couldn't. We just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, he's just not really you know the guy I want to hang out with. So I'd rather hang out with Patrick Mahomes and then you know do our thing. So that's probably because he'll buy you pretty. That's things. where we're at. Patrick Mahomes will buy you some nice <laughs> he stuff. He will. <laughs> and it's not even yeah, dropping the will, bucket for him. Will. And I can't wait for his voice to change too. 
Yeah. You think it's you think his, his gonads it's, are going to drop a little bit? I think so. Eventually, his voice has to change, and everything he usually develop. comes after the second MVP. That's when. So, so you are you're going to be taking Patrick Mahomes, and then who are you going to give up for uh, Patrick Mahomes? We're going to send him Newton, which really isn't that bad of a consolation prize. And and there's actually decent quarterbacks on the waiver wire too in a one quarterback league. So as far as Hans Molman is concerned, it's not really a worst case scenario. Right. I, I will I will say this 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 does segue me into our matchup this week where I I will tell you what my strategy was going into so I made some trades I looked at originally I had a lot of buys coming up on week nine against you guys I was like oh I can't be the only one to lose at that point just for the buys so um, I I doubled down um, and then when I saw that um, Dallas Goddard was going to be coming back off IR. Um, I was like, why don't I just put him in my IR spot? And then you guys were going to take Kittle. It seemed like an obvious thing that you would probably have taken Kittle up until the injury this past weekend. I know wide receivers, a position you want to fill, but you probably couldn't pass on Kittle. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if he was healthy. <laughs> him and Hopkins, I think – I don't think we would. I, I think I'm more. I think I'm more on the Hopkins train, to be honest with you. I think Sean, I texted you that last night, didn't I? Oh, you guys, you're acting like you already won. Oh no, no, for sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. As much I, crap as we got when we hadn't won a game, and then the first win, well, and then the lot of people rooting against us, for sure. The mojo has changed. We don't really want to tip you off to this too much, but congratulations on Goddard coming off the IR, but he's on by this week. So, Oh, I knew that going in, but that's why I had him because <laughs> Kittle was – if if healthy Kittle plays and you guys take him, I got got oh, the rest I of the way. That was the plan. So I got you. I got you, you didn't tip me off to anything. I'm, I'm privy to that. <laughs> now now I have to scramble. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily in a good position. But honestly, with, with Kittle being healthy, I still think that the matchup would have been tight this week. So the – let me, let me ask you guys a question. Looking from sort of the inside out, you've got your, your matchup last week that I just cannot let go for the life of me, right? I understand that it was a close matchup. But do you think that would have gone – if you were in Galus's position last week and you hadn't played CMC all year, you know he has trade value and you cannot afford to lose, uh, would you have tried to – shop out Christian McCaffrey at that point, or would you have held tight with Christian McCaffrey? I'm curious to hear your perspective because now you have him. We, we, we haven't chatted about it. I'll let Sean go first, but I mean, for me, I just, it's tough to walk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just couldn't let go of a number one draft pick on that. I just can't imagine wanting to shop that at this point when you just want, if you, with that assumption, assuming if you can keep winning without him, you know, that gives you a chance when he is healthy you know, it's Katie bar the door, but that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Team context is important. I think at a high level, I would have considered shopping him there pretty strongly, but you know, I wouldn't have wanted to take a, some of the parts type deal. Like, you know, any two for one wouldn't have done it. You know, it would have to be a premium one a with a, with an extra piece and not just like, two nickels to make a dime well uh, and so yeah obviously you don't want to take any twos at the position so but the offer on the table to him from my perspective was 
James Robinson and Tyreek Hill for Christian McCaffrey. Are you passing on that deal? No, I'd probably take that. You probably would have taken it. I mean, that would have been. <laughs> you know, he does. He didn't really need a wide receiver against us. He was starting Diggs, Chark, and Julio. So Tyreek isn't that much of an upgrade there. Granted, Chark put up a dud that week, but you know, going in blind, you know, knowing the receivers he had specifically, it would have been. I can I can see how he held on. Yeah, I don't fault him for the logic, but now you guys have Alvin Kamara on a win that was a deserved win. You have Christian McCaffrey on a tight matchup, and now you have Patrick Holmes. So you are holding on to what you would sort of want to have on any fantasy football team, are the top, especially in a one-quarterback league, the two top running backs and a quarterback that can – you know, Mahomes – Look, I, I love Mahomes. I'm not going to knock him down, especially in fantasy play. But the interesting thing with Mahomes is you've seen it. Like, if they get ahead enough, then they've got a run game to support where he doesn't get a lot of points. But when he gets a lot of points, he gets a shitload of points. There's no threat that he can't get 35 to 40 points in a game. So I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a good grab. I think, I think it's also important to mention that, you know, we'll have DeAndre Hopkins as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of depth in that, in that roster. Soon, if you guys get Hopkins, I'm I'm checking out. I'm done with the year. I mean, not only would I really not have much of a fighting chance. Look, if you take Hopkins from me, I have Tyler Boyd to fill in. I have have, uh, Parker. So it's not like the worst thing in the world for me that a wide receiver goes. But do I want that to happen? No, absolutely not. Like, I would much rather you have taken nobody. (laughs) You're already (laughs) acting like you're taking somebody. You know, it's funny. Thing. Sorry, Sean. I just want to circle back to the Mahomes thing. Like going into this strategy-wise, like in a one-quarterback league, I think we probably would have guessed, especially three wins through eight seasons, we would never have thought we would be targeting a quarterback. You know, and that's part of why we picked up two serviceable guys from the beginning off waivers. Was one, those two are just outside the top ten. Hopefully, we can play matchups and be serviceable Two, we don't have to use our waiver wire spot on a quarterback for streaming purposes. If we have two solid options every week. Um, so that was some of the quarterback chat and strategy from, from out the gate, just the way it played out. Mahomes does give you that ceiling, at, you know, where he can put up 35 to 40 and you're not really expecting Rogers or Newton to really do that at this point. So it wasn't like a, a strategy like, oh, if we win week nine, week eight, whatever it was, we're taking Mahomes. It was just very specific to how things have shook, shook out so far. I think the, the hard part in the position that you guys have, or had, I should say, is, all right, so you're taking Mahomes. We'll get that processed. But, like, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's been playing super well. So, like, the increase in productivity may not be as high as you would have needed from, like, wide receiver position. If you've been listening to the podcast on a regular basis, I think Jamison Crowder is a great WR2, but you don't have a WR1 on the team. And then like, you can always upgrade, like let's say Kittle is healthy, right? Even though you have Hawkinson, like you probably would take Kittle because of scarcity at the position and what he can do and then target wide receivers from that point on. But it didn't didn't play out that that way. To that point, you're talking that what's really interesting is Sean can share with you, but I mean, we were going to streamline someone else other than Rogers this week. That was, 
because of projections and weather and it's and it ended up being it would have been a wash but right sean's a diehard packer fan it was his birthday on sunday and i was like dude you make the call and i'll support you because it was an inch i mean it's hard to imagine playing against minnesota and benching rogers but we were you know we almost did it and that was just a because it's just it's just interesting at this point in the season the trade-offs kind of it's crazy especially with the weather he's also tied to adams which is never a bad thing given that yeah. like i don't yeah, see I mean, other than like and I hate – like, Mike Evans is the most targeted wide receiver in the red zone, but Devontae <laughs> Adams just does so much productivity-wise. I hate it as a Bears fan. I just hate it. I don't yep. like it at all. It needs to stop immediately, please. Maybe when they get a real wide receiver, too. Maybe when we yeah. get a real quarterback, too. Hey, 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 hey. You don't, a- like, you don't like Nick Foles? Oh, the big, big. Yeah, yeah, not you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah not you. Quarterback. Like yeah, I'm knocking jab, on Rodgers. That jab would work. Yeah, yeah. That Rodgers guy and that Favre guy were terrible. So yeah, we, no got shit. Big, we got big, dig Nick. That's cool. So, yeah, no big deal. For for a year or two here. Um, so I, shifting real quick, um, I do want to talk about. The, the, there is a little section here. I want you to air out some grievances because you had some good points here early on. Uh, the deck was already stacked against you going into the year. Then on top of that, you have guys that sort of colluded, it seems, to to screw you over. Andy got you last week. You want to tell everybody the story? Because I'm not sure everybody got it in text context what actually happened. No, Andy's well, a stand-up guy, but I'll let Sean take it from here. Yeah, I mean, he came <laughs> to us with the deal. Because we've been tentative to trade, like, just because it's it's sort of non-traditional for a vampire league to trade anyways. But with everyone doing it, we were open to it. But he came to us with the trade, kind of told us what he was looking at. We we sent him a potential two for two via via our text message. And he said, that's what he's looking for. And then we sent it over and didn't hear anything. And then the next day after we had already used our waiver spot on a defense which we normally would just pick one up for free instead of burning the waiver spot yeah, nobody does that was that. that was the that was the kicker that's what we got were trading baltimore's defense yeah. which from the gate i was shocked that they weren't drafted um baltimore's so happy about that on on draft day to get them but we were going to trade them just because defense kicker quarterback you can kind of figure out week to week if you have to and we were willing to do that for a running back upgrade but uh Andy got who he wanted on waivers instead and uh, went another route, I guess. So, <laughs> so he, you know what it was? We didn't do the handshake emoji to, to lock uh, in the to lock okay. in the deal. I mean, so I guess when since we didn't do that, you know, the text word was not binding. But had we done the handshake emoji, it would have been you know a done deal. Yeah, that's so, pretty. That's cool. Pretty cowardly. That's pretty cool. Do you play Andy again, or you you, you passed it? Mm, good question. I'm driving, so Sean will have to check on that. But you know, I'm not sure. Do you remember if you played him weeks what one through four? He is Wakanda forever. Oh yeah, we get him week twelve. So there's a revenge game right oh, there. We'll call that beautiful. preemptively. We'll call that the matchup of the week, oh, just because. That's good. Either way, he's going to win on aggregate because he's got us by about ninety points from our first matchup week three. But uh, that doesn't really matter here. No, so, no. Direct stuff week twelve for him. We'll call it even. Yeah, power rankings have changed substantially. I was looking, and you guys were sixth in the power rankings, according to ECR and Fantasy Pros. But after you take Mahomes, it's obviously going to go up, probably be somewhere in, like, 
the third or fourth range, which is scary to think. Like, I mean, I know anything can happen injury-wise, hence, you know, George Kittle. Like, I traded away two viable running backs to get George Kittle on my team, and that is not going to end up playing out, take that risk. So um, are you guys concerned even a little bit? I'm not playing mind games with you here. Are you concerned a little bit about CMC's production this week coming off a high ankle sprain? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> he's a, You're going to play him no matter what, obviously. He's, yeah, he's a superhuman. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, of course, I mean, that's the most – a high ankle sprain is the most susceptible to be re-injured, obviously, and that's scary. And takes, But they gave him that extra Thursday night football off. Right. You know, they're not going to mess around with that. So, I, don't, I just don't see them bringing him back unless he's 110% because you would have brought him back early. So Didn't – Sean, you tried to call me out last week saying that, that I said that CMC wasn't going to play, and you're like, yeah, he's going to play. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna rush him back on Thursday night. They didn't need him, and they what well, they they lost that. Was game. that against? They did lose that game. Was that against Atlanta? Yeah, it was a division game. So it's, I, and they had they had declared that he was coming, or declared back from IR or whatever it was. So I don't know. It was trending the right way, and I got too excited. He get he came back on Monday, and he was in pads briefly in the morning, and then he ended up putting a hat and shorts on in the afternoon. So. So I think they just realized like he may not be exactly where they wanted him. And that was the only reason why I would say this week, I'm interested to see his usage, but it's Chris McCaffrey, like 25 touches is a minimum for him. Yeah. And Davis will get more touches than he was pre CMC injury, but that's a slight concern compared to like, who would we be playing if he doesn't play? And it would probably be Judy against Atlanta because that matchup is – Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but Locke's been terrible. Judy's been inconsistent. He finally got a bunch of targets this week. But otherwise, it's C.D. Lamb with no quarterback. Josh Kelly, who has done nothing with his opportunity. Well, Michael Pirine, who's still le- losing touches to Frank Gore somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gore is the age of cylinder, and you know it. You know, Frank Gore's not going to sign with the team unless he's guaranteed yeah. – 10 touches a game. Is he 38? Yeah. Or 36? No, he's 38. That's incredible. Yeah. He really is the ageless wonder. His kid is playing in college right now. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, his kid's also a running back, I think. They said they were competing for for yardage one week or something like that. read an article. That's Um, unbelievable. So what was the other thing that happened? You brought up something before that you guys kind of got screwed earlier in the season. What was that? I see Sean smiling. He think he know you know it's something, right? I actually don't know what it was. I, I thought you said there was two things. Oh, the peel thing. That's right. So not early in the season, prior to the season, there was some controversy oh, yeah. about joining the league because we had an extra spot. And yeah, that's what. That's why you gave birth to this. You added me, vampire. That's right. So it's the peel pyre, is what it is, and. <laughs> And that's simply that's that's all it is. So yeah, I mean that's it worked out kind of well, but because you added me and then you needed one spot, so then I uh, I mentioned Sean to you, and right? Because uh, we had eight. Sean, Sean, yeah, he was an expansion team, you know, four and a half seconds, and then uh, and then he was no more. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, we had we had two fo- two spots to fill. We filled one with Gabriel, <laughs> and then the other spot was available. So you filled it. And then Peel said he wasn't going to be able to play this year for personal reasons. 
So we gave it to Sean and then Peel reversed that stance and said that he was going to be around. So he came and asking for his spot back, which I think your, your wording was perfect when you said like, listen, dude, it's, it's your spot. I'm just warming the chair. Yeah, it worked out good, I think. And, you know, Zach and I getting to team up on this has been pretty fun. I, I just like trying new formats. So getting to do the Vampire League and be part of the Vampire action is – it worked out well, I think. And uh, if we go on this run, I mean, you guys can just blame Peel now because <laughs> it could be a whole different ball game if uh, if he had never let me o- over to Zach's side. I So I voted for a Vampire League, and I love – Everybody was like, oh, yeah, no, that wasn't my first choice. But I have the survey, and I can go back to look to see who voted in favor of it. Like, there were many people who put it as their number one pick for what it was going to be. The other solution was to give, like, three IR spots on the bench so that you could uh, potentially shift around stuff. Because I think we thought that there would be more COVID cases, although it is increasing a lot. Like, you saw today Andy Dalton came back off IR and then went back on IR for COVID-related reasons. And now Green Bay, you guys have Jamal Williams is on COVID and is, uh, yeah, yeah. So now you have two running backs that have a combined total of 15 touches between the two of them. One has 10 and one has five in his NFL career, and that's it. Yeah. Tyler Irvin, who's best served as a kick returner only. Yep. And then Dexter Williams, who is a later round pick out of Notre Dame, and uh, he's been on the practice squad, so. At least he knows the position better. I think he'll be the primary back, right? It, yes, that's that's how it's shaking out right now. Hey, Commissioner, i got to call you out on something, though. I, I noticed a text message in the thread oh, no, a you break ago from you that said, I think we all regret. Oh, no, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> he actually was now? breaking up, too, so it worked out perfect. That's, a, that's hilarious. I actually just – you're never gonna hear it breaking up again he's been salty i'll I'll help hold on you guys just keep talking he's been salty about a comment in the thread about everyone regretting the vampire league he kind of took that as a personal shot like a stick of garlic in the face of the vampires well i just think it's funny because like i said i i don't i only regret the decision because i'm losing if i was winning i'd be like oh this is fantastic um, oh, I thought you just didn't like the idea. I'm like, I thought you were all for it. Because I, I think it's an actual – even if we were just playing spoiler, I would think it would be an awesome format just for a change of pace. Maybe not yeah. every year, but I think it's kind of fun. We had so, to do – I mean, we had to do something, right? Like, we could go with our traditional format or we could shake it up and do something fun in 2020. And I just thought that with the way the year was going, like, we did vote on it. There were a bunch of options that were up on the table and I absolutely put vampires by number one. And then the increased IR spots was number two. I, you know, doing a traditional league this year uh, would have impacted, would have had a lot of implications. And I just don't think it would have been as fun. Cause like there was that one week, I think it was week four or five where Tennessee basically missed two weeks because of COVID. So like that usually would have sucked harder than it did, but it wasn't quite as bad. So, I mean, I don't know. And then the other thing is, like, <laughs> this is what gets me. So nine people drafted. So your draft capital was higher by 10% than it usually would be. So you had more draft capital to work with. And people treated it like it was traditional draft capital off a $200 budget. So, like, you saw I, – I spent $75 on Saquon Barkley. And 
if I had spent $75 last year on Saquon Barkley, that would have been absolutely ridiculous. But I had 10% more to work with, so I went for it. It didn't work out, but had he been healthy and playing at his normal level, it would have been a pretty gross team that I would have put together at this point. Um, okay. You know, so like, I just, I think that some people underreacted to it and then you guys got the table scraps, but you have to remember, like even in a 10 person league where you're not drafting, technically the table scraps that you get, yeah, they're going to be bench players, but they're still players that would have been on other people's teams had we had 10 drafting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And it worked out. I mean, you're, I'm surprised that you guys have three wins and you're, you're knocking on the door of four wins. Like that does not typically happen in a vampire league. Oh, we've already knocked. Let's be honest. Well, you're knocking on the door of the tenth or of the fourth win. Listen, <laughs> no, if we, if one I kind of this, threw people off though, because week one we put up maybe the second highest score in the league. You did and lost, and I think everyone thought our team was better than it was. And then we got our our uh, butts handed to us for a few weeks before we we were able to kind of piece it back together yeah we, we I think they, and, I gave the wrong perception of the league was week one with our high score I agree with you completely yeah week one was it's always weird you know like every year I feel like week one's always weird <laughs> like big injuries either happen week one because people are just soft tissue injury and not ready for the year or like weird scoring happens which is what you saw with Naheem Hines like put up put up an amazing game that week and that was because they hadn't fully onboarded Jonathan Taylor and then Hines knew the offense and there was a lot of pass catching touchdowns and he had like what 28 points or something yeah he went bonkers week one yeah and so you guys put up 150 and then Peel put up like 160 or something crazy like that but you had a lot of touchdowns I think that's what ended up making the score as high as it was was every almost everybody on your team scored a touchdown or two which really boosted numbers so yeah we were really happy for Peel though you know we're just happy he could get a win (laughs) <laughs> I can't tell if it's sarcastic or not. <laughs> Especially after taking that would have been you get, that was happy he owns a team. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I would have never I would never heard the end of it if you guys beat him. <laughs> I would have never heard the end of it behind the scenes of how how stupid this is and how dumb and why did we vote this way and you guys were assholes and blah 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 this and blah 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 that. I would have never heard the end of it. We get another crack at him, though, and we're taking Dalvin Cook even if we have six running backs. I would. Honestly, you oh, guys, yeah. I Absolutely. hate to give I, – I, I don't want to give this piece of advice prior to <laughs> facing you if you're going to capitalize on but I don't think you will because I think you think you're in a good spot. But I would start <laughs> making trade offers. I would have – if I were you guys, what I would have done is I would have gone after Jeff's running back, one of Jeff's running backs, and then made trade offers for guys, do two-for-ones at that point, because then you can actually try to get, like, a wide receiver two at that point. You know, at least have two wide receiver twos going into the matchup, and then you yeah. can take your wide receiver one and start trading from there. It, so, was under, it was under consideration, but, again, I do think teams will – you know, earlier in the season or if we were at one or two wins – teams would be more receptive to trading with us at this point. It was kind of a coin flip, whether, whether anyone would really want to engage on that, even if it made them a little bit better. I'm, I, I did bring it up to you guys. I asked if you were open to a trade, but then nothing came up of it because I needed to play uh, Tyler Boyd last week, but are you still open to trading with other, like, let's say, let's say I'm Jeff's team. Now you just took Mahomes for me. 
but I want to try to get something back from you. Like, let's say he wanted Christian McCaffrey and you have Chase Edmonds this week. Would you trade Trish, Christian McCaffrey for two wide receiver ones, even though Jeff mm-hmm. doesn't have to offer any? <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely not to Jeff because, you know, Juju and McLaurin just don't have enough, like, of an advantage over Slayton and Ayuk. Right. This was, wasn't Juju on his bench? Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> yeah, he looked but, good on there. In general, in general, we'd be open. I don't. I think it would take a lot to trade McCaffrey, but um, even with Edmonds, just because they've already said that Drake's injury doesn't look as bad as it was. So. Two, to, two to four weeks from this point, so probably closer to two. But I still don't think if Edmonds does anything with these next two weeks. I mean, if you again, if you've been listening to the podcast, like I don't think Drake has much of a shot getting back his job if Edmonds does well these next two to three weeks. No, but I just think the the drop off from McCaffrey to Edmonds, if Drake is playing at all, is bigger than it looks like it would be this week when Drake's not around. Would you think that here? Let's let's play a little game here. Would you rather have a healthy Raheem Mostert or uh, Chase Edmonds? I don't know, <laughs> Zach. What do you think? Um, you know, <laughs> I was trying not to uh, run over Akeem Nix just now. So, or, or Akeem Nix. So I was just, that was weird. He just, I literally just saw Hicks out in front of his car. That was bizarre. I didn't well, even did know. Did you really? Said, yeah. I had a, oh. funny. Okay. Lagaroni. Um, sorry. <laughs> nod your head. I can't even say nod your head because you're, you're spiking out that bad. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's a tough one for me because I like Mostert when he's healthy and I think he fits right in the range of where um, Chase Edmonds is, which is a good spot because he can go for a lot. So just don't, I just don't think Drake's going to offer upside for the rest of the year uh, at this point. Yeah. I think I would have taken Mostert just because of how they use him and not, not knowing what, um, Edmonds looks like two weeks from now, three weeks from now, but it's close. Yeah. Probably has more upside right now than Mostert did. Uh, For the next two to three weeks, he will for sure. Um, All right. Well, I think Zoom is going to tip us off here any second. So um, prior to our matchup this week, is there anything you want to say? Bad luck to you, sir. (laughs) Zach? (laughs) Oh, I was going to go bad. I'll let it be. Um, good luck to you. Enjoy DeAndre for your last week. And uh, I appreciate you having us on the podcast. This is great. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be changing my, yeah. my team name this week to tainted meat. So I don't think you're going to want any of it. This <laughs> week, anybody that ends up touching my team at some point ends up going out for the year. If you, I don't know if you've heard this story, I'll, I'll tell it real quick. Past four years, I've drafted what I would hope would have been the top running back. And one of, those four years were they healthy and the one year they were healthy is the year I won the league so I had David Johnson the year he had the wrist injury in week one and they didn't put him in IR they just acted like he would potentially maybe come back so I held on to him all year uh, and then didn't take trade offers from him because I was like oh no he might be back then I had Dalvin Cook who went out in week two with a hamstring injury and didn't come back till week 13 then Christian McCaffrey then the year at Saquon Barkley so I'm tainted meat. whatever you take from me is going to get injured I traded for Kittle and he's injured for God's sake like don't take oh. anyone that's a string of bad luck. If I was going to one-up you quick, I would just say 
I'm in a baseball league with a worse reputation than that because I traded for Oscar Tavares weeks before he was killed. Ugh. Traded Jose Fernandez weeks before he was and ended early. So I'm on a I'm on a bad streak. No one wants to trade anyone they like to me in that league. Yeah, and you almost have to take what you can get at that point because you're screwed if you don't. It's one thing with an angle injury. It's another thing with like them just flat out dying. But that's cool. Yeah. Well, let's end on that note since you're going yeah, yeah. It's on theme for vampires and Halloween. I think so. I like Halloween's it. over, dude. The yeah, scariness is supposed to be done. I'm going to put you in your place this week and bury you. A stake through your heart. Please don't take anyone from me. It sounds right, like guys. a Taylor Swift song. We got to go. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate All it. Right. Yep. All right, bye. See you guys. That's going to do it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening in. Next weekend, Tuesday, we will release sometime before 5 o'clock. That's always the goal. Um, Hey, if I ask you to be a guest in the podcast, let's pick a time to record. Monday nights are usually good. Tuesdays during the day, if you can swing it. Other than that, we can always pre-record ahead of time with the subject of your choice. Uh, I will reach out to a few of you and see if you are available this upcoming Tuesday uh, or for the next podcast, and we'll figure it out. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.